All right, wrestling fans, this is Southern Dynamite, and we're here today, Pro Wrestling America from the Fargo Dome in Fargo, North Dakota. And we've got a good card lined up for you today. But I do want to say there will be some changes coming to the PWA real soon. And I mean real soon. I'm not going to tell you what. I might hint a little bit at it later on. But right now, we're going to talk about the card. We've got three big title matches with Buzz Sawyer facing off against Iron Mike Sharp again. Rematch from last week. And this time it will be a lumberjack match where there will be no interference from anyone outside the ringside area. And the biggest twist is, no, Dutch Mantel is not one of the lumberjacks. The second big title match is the world tag team titles. Guns for Hire versus Strong Army. As you have Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels and Steve Carino facing off against Jesse James and Brad, the Armstrong brothers. And then the third, and the third big title match, second main event of the evening, world heavyweight title match. No time limit. No disqualification. Falls count anywhere between the two guys who tried to make this summer their summer. David Von Erich defending the title against Kurt Henning. That is going to be a great match. But that's the main event. That's the end of the card. we got to get to the beginning of the card, and we're going to do that right now. All right, our first match is a quick one. It'll probably take me longer to talk about it than it actually took place in the ring. But you got Chris Candido, one half of the American Tag Team Champions, facing off against Dirty White Boy Tony Anthony. And this was going to be a brawl. This was hyped up possibly to be a great brawl. It ends up being Candido knocking out Dirty White Boy with a pair of brass knuckles in 38 seconds to get the pin. I mean, that's almost a letdown that these two guys could have had a great longer match, but Candido didn't want to spend that much time in the ring. Next match is the next match in Savannah Jack's gauntlet through the PWA roster. And this is the one of the things that will change, that this is the last match, basically because I'm just sick of it. Because I'm trying to figure out, okay, how many times can I have him legitimately almost beat Jimmy Golden before finally giving him the cheap win he got last week? But here he's facing off against Nightmare Ken Wayne, the runt of the litter in the Illinois heavyweight Deadly Dozen tournament. And it doesn't go his way in this match either. Savannah Jack controls the entire match, winning the match with a pile driver in a time of 3 minutes, 17 seconds. And then we get to a match that, yes, sold out Mid-South Coliseum numerous times. Yeah, yeah, I know. Lawler was on the card too, I'm sure, but... Really, I would have paid more to see Gentleman Chris Adams facing off against Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. 
Now, this is one that could definitely turn into a very classic feud very quickly. And we've already had a little bit of that between the tag team matches with Chris Adams and Honky Tonk Man facing off against Eddie Gilbert and Raven. We also get some single stuff where you have these two guys actually drug into the feud between Honky Tonk Man and Raven over the American heavyweight title, which neither one of them hold now. But these two guys could have a great time as well. And this was a great match. I mean, the two of them lost their tempers I don't know how many times. But it was Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert finally getting the win in a time of 8 minutes 45 seconds with, of course, a little help from Missy Hyatt outside as he nails Chris Adams with the purse behind Nick Patrick's back. Next match had the other side of that tag team feud where Raven, this time not against Honky Tonk Man, but facing off against Terry Funk. Now, we had a great hardcore match last week between Raven and Steve Carino. Now, we got Raven against the King of the Death match. Okay, he might have lost the the end, the final match to Cactus Jack, but if you've seen even the final match of the King of the Death match tournament from Japan between Cactus Jack and Terry Funk, the fact that they made it that far was just crazy and insane i wish i could find that video again but in this match it is a brawl kept within the confines of the ring but eventually raven gets the win with the even flow in a time of 13 minutes 39 seconds and raven decides he wants to take the mic for a minute after kicking Terry Funk out of the ring, he decides he wants to pick up the feud again. And he challenges Honky Tonk Man, who happens also to be in the next match. And of course he knows this, because, you know, why would Raven call him out if he didn't already have a match scheduled? So you have Raven calling out Honky Tonk Man, wanting him to agree to a match, the two of them, for the number one contendership for the American heavyweight title, which both of them have held. Winner is the number one contender. The loser leaves PWA. And then my music hits. Before Honky Tonk Man can even get out to answer the challenge, I come out. And I tell him, no. I tell Raven, that is not going to happen. We're not going to have people putting up a loser leaves PWA just because. I mean, there's no sense in it. I ask the crowd, do they want the honky-tonk man to leave PWA? And of course, there's a resounding no for the babyface. I ask the crowd, if they want Raven to leave the PWA. And they also say no, even for the heel. And then I ask, okay, if this were the case that I were to sign it, 
the valets would also be banned from PWA for a year. So I asked the crowd, do they want Sunshine to be banned from the PWA? And they come back with a resounding no. I ask if they want Missy Hyatt to be banned from the PWA. And they give a resounding hell no. And so I said, yeah, the fans don't want it. The match ain't going to happen. But there could be a match between Raven and Honky Tonk Man for the number one contender for the American heavyweight title. But stipulations, I'm going to leave up to the champion. So I tell Great Muda, who is not here this week in Fargo, that to give me a call, shoot me an email, whatever, to then tell me what he would like to see in a match between these two for the number one contendership, what kind of stipulations he wants. And I'll wait for that. Raven's not exactly very happy. Honky Tonk Man's music hits and he comes down. He takes the microphone from me and says that, yeah, he would love to have another match with Raven. In fact, he'd love to have another match with Raven right now if it weren't for the fact that he had to face Rasta the Voodoo Man. And why he had to face Rasta the Voodoo Man was beyond him, but he would do it anyway. Well, Rasta comes up behind and nails him from behind. They brawl a little bit up the aisleway to the ring. Rasta rolls Honky Tonk Man into the ring where Raven's waiting for him. And they start going at it. Rasta climbs into the ring. It's a two-on-one for a moment before Raven accidentally hits Rasta and knocks him out of the ring. And then Honky Tonk Man tosses Raven out the other side of the ring. Honky Tonk Man tells David Manning to ring the bell and start the match. Rasta climbs into the ring. The two lock up. They brawl against the one side of the ropes until Raven comes in and nails Honky Tonk Man from behind with a forearm, ending the match with a disqualification in a time of 21 seconds. And then the two go at it again. Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert comes down. It's a three-on-one beatdown now until Chris Adams comes out. Iceman King Parsons comes out to even up the sides. And when Iceman comes out, of course, everybody flees the ring, leaving just Sunshine's men standing tall in the ring. Honky Tonk Man a little busted open for his good, but still standing with the victory, albeit disqualification, but a very well-earned disqualification. All right, the next match is the television title match. Buzz Sawyer defending the title once again against Iron Mike Sharp. Lumberjack match. And we have 16 lumberjacks around the ring, including guys who were just in the ring a minute ago between Honky Tonk Man, Chris Adams, Iceman King Parsons, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, Rasta the Voodoo Man, Raven, the Nightmares, PG-13. You got a bunch of them out there. The one missing... Dirty Dutch Mantel, who has been barred from the arena this week. And that's not even from me. That's from the that's from the facility manager that did not want him in because of something that happened one of the last times we were in Fargo involving Dirty Dutch Mantel. 
So we have these two guys facing off again. And again, it's another great match that almost goes the entire time limit. But Buzz gets the win with a small package of all things. A small package on Iron Mike Sharp in a time of 13 minutes, 35 seconds to continue to remain your television champion. All right, so after that match, I come out to the ring after all the Lumberjacks have left and everything because I have a few things I want to say to the fans because this is the last run of this circle of the circuit, and I want to say a few things. One is that this will also be the last PWA card at the Fargo Dome. We have not been able to come to an agreement with the management that would have us going past the end of this year. Uh, So we have decided to part ways. So now does that mean we find somewhere else? And well, we've got a couple of months to be able to find that because we're not scheduled back around till the beginning of January. So there's still time for that. But I also announced that there will be some drastic changes coming to the PWA next week. I won't go into major details, but there will be a major shuffling of the roster. As there are guys who have complained of not having very many matches, being overlooked for title shots, and all the other things that wrestlers complain about when they feel like they're just wanting to be three-year-olds. And so I say that to stay tuned to the PWA on the Wrestling With Theology podcast to find out what happens next week. But next week will be a shocker. Then I leave the ring. And we go on to the feud that only I would come up with because I don't know that they would ever have put this together. Smoking Guns versus PG-13. And the only reason this is a feud is because PG-13 got kicked out of the guns for hire. I mean, it was an idea to have the Smoking Guns and PG-13 both in the same stable. But, I mean, think about it for a moment. If you had the opportunity to have PG-13 or the World Tag Team Champions, which one would you pick? I think everybody listening would pick Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels and Steve Carino over Wolfie D and J.C. Ice. But Wolfie D and J.C. Ice have their own bit of spunk. I mean, granted, you have Wolfie D who had a bit better of a run in TNA as Slash. J.C. Ice just was never anywhere as good as his father, Superstar Bill Dundee. I mean, he just wasn't. He was another one of these guys who just could not climb out of his father's shadow to be one of those people who could do it on their own. And you think about it, and especially from Memphis, you had that. You had Jeff Jarrett climbing out of the shadows of his father, Jerry Jarrett, his grandfather, Eddie Marlin, to actually owning TNA, Impact, 
whatever it's being called this week. You've got Brian Lawler, Jerry Lawler's son, who had a very good run as Grandmaster Sexay in WWF. Too bad his life ended so shortly and that after his run in the WWF, he really couldn't make it anywhere else. Let me see who else was there in Memphis that was a father's son. Oh, Robert Gibson. You know, his dad was down there. Uh, Ricky Morton, his father was in that area as well. And, you know, it's just all these guys who could have done it. But J.C. Ice, Jamie Dundee just could not do it. But he does get it done in this match as it's very quickly and surprisingly over as PG-13 picks up the quick win in a time of 3 minutes, 39 seconds as a blind tag causes Bart Gunn to think he is covering the legal man, trying to figure out why the referee is not counting Wolfie D's shoulders down until J.C. Ice comes off the top rope with a flying leg drop to roll him up. Wolfie D keeps Billy Gunn away to be able to have J.C. Ice pick up the pinfall in a time of 3 minutes, 39 seconds. Now a match that I'm sure happened somewhere. I'm sure somewhere ravishing Rick Rude and Gino Hernandez faced off. And if you know a video of that match, that would be great to see. But here we have these two facing off in almost a pose down for half this match. As good heels, both of them decided once they got a good move in, they were going to pose for the crowd. And that irritated the both of them out. And finally, after 23 minutes of a couple of good moves, some posing, a couple of other good moves, more posing, Rick Rude got tired of it and threw Gino Hernandez over the top rope, giving Gino the win by disqualification in a time of 23 minutes, one second. And this was just a classic heel versus heel, keeping the audience involved in the match because they didn't want to cheer for either one of them. But if you can get the audience to hate both of them in the ring, that can be just as good as having your major baby face facing off against your major heel. This would be better than Kurt Henning, the classic babyface good guy, facing off against monster heel David Von Erich, as we will have in the second main event tonight for the world title. But Rick Rude, Gino Hernandez, pose-off match, yes, it went a little long, but you can have it when they are just building heat for themselves, for each other, and just... I think having just a really good time just having the audience hate them because that's their job as heels. All right, now we're down to the two main events for the evening. Both world title matches. First, we have the world tag team titles on the line. 
Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels and Steve Carino defending the titles against Jesse James and Brad Armstrong. And this is a great match. Lots of fluid tag team wrestling. Lots of being able to cut off the ring for your opponent. And eventually that is how Christopher Daniels and Steve Carino keep the titles as they are able to isolate Brad Armstrong and keep him on their side of the ring for the last like five, six minutes of the match before finally the best moonsault ever coming off of the top rope from Christopher Daniels as Steve Carino has Brad up in a fireman's carry. And so your winners and still world tag team champions, Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels and Steve Carino of the Guns for Hire. And now the world heavyweight title match. Not a Guns for Hire, not a strong army in sight. But monster heel David Von Erich defending the title against Kurt Henning. And referee David Manning announces that there's going to be a little change to the plan. That there are going to be two referees. He and Tommy Young are both going to referee this match. David, of course, gets irate because this is obviously a ploy to strip him of the title and screw him out of it. But Tommy Young grabs the mic and says, no, no, no. This is a no time limit, no disqualification, falls count anywhere match. There's two referees so that we can keep up wherever the heck you are. And so if one of us gets bumped and knocked out, it doesn't ruin the match for the fans or the wrestlers by trying to wake one of us up. And of course, he makes kind of a jab to the camera mouthing Jerry Calhoun's name, who at one time was the head referee for the PWA, but left because of getting bumped around too many times in matches. And so this is a great match. It is a brawl from beginning to end. It goes all over the place, and I believe it takes into account just about everybody on the roster. I mean, everybody's involved in this. You get one point where Ken Wayne finds himself with Kurt Henning in his lap as he's sitting on the toilet in the dressing room. As David Von Erich just throws him through the stall door. You get Eddie Gilbert and Raven beating down on Kurt Henning. You get PG-13 battling off against David Von Erich. You even get Bubble Ray Dudley and Terry Funk teaming up for a 3D on Kurt Henning. And still, the match goes on. And finally, Back in the ring, 
because that's where every good falls count anywhere match ends is actually in the ring where you're wanting them to be in the first place, but they can't seem to stay there. David Von Erich winning the match with the Iron Claw in a time of 44 minutes, 5 seconds. He gets the win. He almost gets the match overturned because he refuses to let go of the Iron Claw. And finally, he relents right before Tommy Young gets ready to reverse the decision. And he backs Tommy Young into a corner and gets ready to put the Iron Claw on him until Rick Rude rushes down to the ring to make the save and start brawling with David Von Erich. Austin Idol comes down to the ring as well. And the two who really shouldn't like each other end up doing a number on the world heavyweight champion. Finally, David falls out of the ring from a double backdrop onto the floor from Rude and Idol. Henning is back up and bloodied. David is bloodied. There's not a person sitting in the arena anywhere. They are just that ecstatic over it. And that's the way to go out of an arena where you're not getting the contract renewed. Go out with a great match. Leave the fans hungering for more, begging for them, you know, having them beg the Fargo Dome to let the PWA back in. But then again, does that always happen? No, because Fargo Dome is a business. They're looking at the bottom line. They want to see profit and not property damage. Which is, well, PWA is kind of known for that. But anyway, next week, we start the circuit back over again. Leaving out the Fargo Dome at the end. So we'll be finishing up the run-through right now at the Sanford Pentagon. But next week, Excel Energy Center. Massive changes coming to the PWA. And you'll have to come back next week to find out what they are. Until then, this is Southern Dynamite. Thanking you for indulging my fantasy in pro wrestling with Pro Wrestling America, your favorite pro fantasy wrestling league on the internet thank you for listening to wrestling with theology podcast be back tomorrow for digging deeper into the psalms come back around on monday for the confessional corner as we talk about repentance and absolution and again every morning for the moments of meditation i encourage you to be back for those as well until then This is Southern Dynamite thanking you for being here and having a little bit of fun with me as you wrestle with theology.